1: sports fans good morning and welcome to the jimmy b sports show you are in the gymnasium with me jim baron today is saturday the 30th of december we have football football and more football this weekend we're going to be breaking down the bucks obviously on a roll we want to keep that going against the saints as they come to town this weekend we're going to be talking about some other playoff implications around the nfl and we're going to touch on some NCAA football. Number here, 877-448-7901. The best way to get on the show is shoot me an email. JimmyBSports.com. Put something down, send it to me. And if it's any good, he may be on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. In the
0: heart of Brandon, you'll find your local fine jeweler. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry we've settled into our new location directly behind our old building at the southeast corner of Robertson and Kings Avenue. At Macaulay Fine Jewelry, we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. Our inventory clearance sale is on now and runs through September sixteenth. Stop by and take advantage of some incredible prices, Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Ed says, "Stop by and see our new showroom at two hundred one South Kings Avenue in the heart of Brandon, Macaulay Fine Jewelry." Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power ninety point one.
1: Welcome back, Bucks fans. Hopefully everyone's able to catch their breath after last week's game. Great win against Jacksonville. Between that and the holiday season getting underway here. Now we're halfway through and getting ready for this week's showdown with the Saints. But, you know, just looking at the schedule this year for the Bucks and trying to analyze everything. It's been an up and down, topsy-turvy season. We start off going 3-1. and one. Then we lose six out of seven games. It looked as though everything was... No, done for the season, getting ready for next year possibly, and talking about drafting a quarterback. Then all of a sudden, we go and we win four games in a row. Great victories against Carolina and Atlanta. Then, of course, the last two weeks with Green Bay and Jacksonville. I think that we played our best two games the last two games, and that's a great sign because you want to peak in December. Nothing better than playing meaningful football in December and that's what the bucks are doing. And believe it or not, we can clinch the NFC South division with a win tomorrow against the Saints. Right now we are 8 and 7. Atlanta is 7 and 8 and the Saints are 7 and 8. So basically it's between us and the Saints to go ahead and win this division and even if for some reason we don't win tomorrow we still have a very good chance of winning the division. But let's take care of business, get it done tomorrow, make it five in a row, great way to end the year, and then get ready for a playoff game. Because if we are able to win tomorrow, then with that division-clinching win, we would host a playoff game, which means someone like uh, maybe Dallas would come here or... Possibly Seattle. It doesn't really matter who it is. The key is right now, just one game at a time, and that's what the Bucks have been doing. Give them credit. Um, after losing those six out of seven games, everyone was down on them, myself included. And you know, Coach Bowles and the team—they turned it around and they used a great mentality to say, "Hey, listen, let's go out there, get a little bit better each game. Let's start to uh, balance the offense." Let's go out there and let the playmakers play. Put the ball in the hands of the playmakers. And that's what we did. Mike Evans has been on a tear. Uh, Chris Godwin, Rashad White. You know, we're playing well. The offensive line is really coming into their own. It looks as though they're starting a mesh at, at, at the right time. Like I said, when you can win games, and it's important to win games in December, and that's what we've done then the team is going, the trending in the right direction. If you look at the passing yards for the year, Mayfield has almost thirty-six hundred yards in the air. Twenty-six touchdowns. Rashad White, eight hundred and seventy-three yards. He'll get a thousand yards this year. It'll be a great season for him. Mike Evans, what do you say about Mike? Eleven 1, hundred and sixty-three yards, thirteen touchdowns. You know, he and Mayfield combining are really starting to light up the NFL. And like I said, there is not a better time than right now. And when you look at the balanced offense from last week, both sides of the ball. Winfield Jr., how about him? There's a defensive player of the year award. He's in the running for it. He's unbelievable. For the size that he is, he plays like someone about... 30 pounds heavier and six inches bigger than what he actually is. But he gives a 110%. Everyone on this team right now is going out there and, you know, understanding that they don't want to let their teammates down. And that includes Devin White. I'm going to take my hat off to him. He had a great game last week. We had the situation previous weeks with him being injured and came back and, was a uh, healthy scratch, didn't play two weeks ago. There was that fiasco with, um, you know, do I play? I don't want to come in off the bench. I don't want to split time with Britt. So he didn't play. Locker room a little bit divided at that point. They got it together and congratulations to them, you know, acting professionally like they need to. And you know, he had a great game. And we need him to have those great games. He can play. There's no doubt about it. The question is, if he wants to play. And he wanted to play last week. And he showed that you know, what he can do, that interception he had when he dropped back on the third down coverage. that was That was a very, very nice play. I haven't seen him do that. Not many linebackers are capable of making a play like that. So, again, this whole season... The team goes as the defense sets the pace. If you look for the first games of the season, when we were um, going 3-1, and one, we had some great games against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints. And uh, again, the defense in those games was able to hold the other team to you know, nine points. We held the Saints. Uh, we beat them 26-9. to nine. Back in September or early October it was. The Bears, we um, held them to 17 points. The Vikings to 17 points. The Jaguars last week, we held them to 12 points. When we are playing well, our defense leads the way. And that's what we need to do this week against the Saints. Um, You know, you look at who's the quarterback's going to be. You look at, you know, we know what we have. We know that Mayfield's going to go out there, and we know that he's going to give 110%. Now, you know, ter- turn back the clock a little bit. The other side of the ball, you have Derek Carr. Don't forget, the Bucks wanted to get Derek Carr, and he wanted to go to the Saints instead. He thought the Saints would be a better fix. He thought that the Saints would win the division. And he's going to be playing... Um, He's going to be playing uh, very hard on tomorrow, on Sunday. So uh, they're all going to play hard, don't get me wrong. But Carr has a little bit more of a uh, vested interest in playing. The Saints are in disarray. And it's not because Carr's not playing well. Carr is not going to... Win you many games On his athletic ability He goes out there He's pretty consistent He's going to throw Some nice touchdown passes He's also going to Throw some interceptions Not as many as Jameis Winston Mind you Because Winston Took a lot of chances But um, He's going to go out there He's going to play the game And he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, I think, coming down here. We beat them the first time, like I said, 26 to 9. Typically, we split with the Saints. It's going to be a very tough game. Don't get me wrong. Um, You do have Carr on that side. You have Olave coming off another great week. I know he was banged up a little bit in uh, concussion protocol as well a few weeks ago but he's looking to fire on all cylinders now here's what we need to do with with Mayfield the difference has been the last oh, four weeks but especially the last two weeks if you look at what Mayfield's doing he's out there he's more relaxed he has more faith in his offensive line and he's Going out there and he's making passes that he needs to make when he needs to make them. When we started the season, the offense wanted to run the ball. They said no turnovers. You know, so the new offensive coordinator, you know, Canales there, and of course Bowles. They're saying we don't want you to turn over the ball, Baker. So go out there, you know, play, but you know, make sure that we don't lose the game on the turnovers with the interceptions. And really, that takes away from a quarterback's ability to go out there and be creative. You know, you have quarterbacks in this league, you have no, Josh Allen. He knows he throws a couple picks. He's gonna still be in there playing. Mahomes, same thing. Although not so much lately. They're in a they're in a little bit of a slump themselves. But for the most part, he goes out there throws a couple interceptions. He's not coming out now. Now with Mayfield, it was a little bit different. So what he's doing right now, he, he's he's putting some passes in places, especially to Evans and Godwin exactly where they need to be. So he's going out there and he's taking chances. He's opening it up and he's you know, going out there consistently and taking some chances. Is there going to be some interceptions? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. I would much rather see him go out there in a relaxed state of mind like he's been, and take some chances. If he gets picked off once or twice, have confidence in the defense that we're going to be able to hold the other team to three points, possibly, if you do that. Look at look at Cleveland. Perfect example of what I'm talking about. Joel Flacco, 38 years old. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, he's sitting on the bench, sitting on his couch playing uh, Parcheesi with his kids. Now he's had, no, how many great games in a row... And Cleveland may be a one seed in the AFC. He's out there, huge games. Flacco, again, 38 years old, putting up some great numbers, why? Because he has nothing to lose. So he's not tense, he's not uptight, he's going out there, he's finding his receivers, and he's just letting it go, he's letting it fly. And that's what Mayfield looks like to me the last couple games, and we need more of that. He's peaking at the right time, we need that against the Saints tomorrow, and I'm confident that he's going to go out there and you know, have another good game. You look at our defense. Our defense, you no, know, you can go up and down the line, but again, our defense is you no know, Yabi out there. You have Devin White. You have all those guys. You have Winfield you know, in, the, in the secondary. Up and down this lineup, we have the talent to go out there and compete with anyone. How about Yaya Diaby? The defensive end from Louisville in his rookie year. I think he could be rookie of the player rookie of the year in the whole NFL. That's how good this guy is and going to get even better. So, you know, you have to get the ball to more. I want to see Davy Moore get the ball more. More to more. How about that? So different things. We're putting the right people in place right now in the team. So You know, the the coaching staff has done a good job. The personnel decisions seem to have gotten a little bit better. I'd still like to see Steny in there on the offensive line. But for the most part, I think that the coaching staff has gotten good grades the last month and it's, it's filtered down to the players. And you can see a difference when you hear the players talking in their interviews. There's more of a cohesiveness. There's more of a... Uh, group mentality they don't want to let each other down so they want to go out there and they all want to contribute when they're called on to do that and I think that they've bought into the system and but I, again you know it's been an up and down year it could change on a dime as well so I don't want to get overconfident but I do want to say um, you know give them props where they're due and for the last four weeks they've definitely you now earned some good um admiration from a lot of the fans so we're going to come back break down the rest of the league jimmybsports.com like to hear your thoughts on what you think the bucks need to do this week do you want to see that same balanced offense 50 50 between the running game and the passing game or do you want to see the bucks open it up and you know put some points on the board and you know let the defense do what they need to do we'll be right back to keep the show going you are in the gymnasium on power 90.1
0: The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160 800-390-5160 That's 800-390-5160 Now, Now. back to the show Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show On Power 90.1
1: Welcome back sports fans Talking about some other NFL matchups Before I do that I want to thank a couple of people uh, A couple of new listeners brought to my attention Last week that they enjoyed the show Thank you Larry from my pickleball circle For all the nice compliments That you gave regarding that Deontay my Amazon friend Thank you for listening And you know getting the rest of the gang on board as well uh, Week 17 Here we are Big game tonight. You no, know, we have Detroit and the Dallas Cowboys to start off the weekend. Yes, a Saturday game. How about Dallas? How about Detroit? Number two seed Detroit right now, Dallas. I think that if you look at what's going on um, with these two teams, it's going to be a game where you have Dak Prescott versus Jared Goff So the Cowboys need to win To keep their NFC East hopes alive Now, I don't think they're going to win the NFC East I think it's the Eagles to lose And I don't see the Eagles losing that division right now However, anything could happen The Lions still have home field advantage dreams And a December win against a uh, playoff-bound team Would go a long way So the Cowboys are 7-0 and at home Detroit's 7-2 and two at home. So you have two good teams when they're playing at home. Something's got to give. Of course, you have um, Jerry World there with all the The hype and pomp and circumstance when they're playing in Dallas. I I think that you you look at Jared Goff. He's going to probably he he is going to eclipse the 30,000 yard passing mark for his career. He needs 200 yards against Dallas. He's going to get that. He needs 162 yards to become the league's 53rd player to hit that mark. So he seems to play his best football against non-divisional opponents. And Dallas is one of those, so I think that things are gonna be uh, pretty good for Detroit in this game. Uh, he does throw some turnovers, though, if you pressure him. So that's gonna be the key. If Dallas can pressure golf, that they should be able to win. If not, um, you know, I don't think C. D. Lamb's gonna be enough. I'm gonna say that the Cowboys. We'll come back and win this game by a field goal. It's going to be close. Uh, Detroit is a serious contender, but at home, Dallas is just, uh, like I said, they're perfect at home, and I think they're going to stay that way. We have the Patriots at the Bills. Buffalo, nobody wants to play Buffalo right now. Um, That includes Bill Belichick's Patriots. The Patriots are 4-11. Buffalo is a 9-6. and six. Now, there's five different scenarios in which the Bills can clinch a playoff spot, but all of those include a win over the Patriots. So, you know, anything can happen in these NFL games, as you can tell during the course of the season, but I, I do think that Buffalo right now is playing like you know, the Bucks. They're peaking at the right time. Uh, Patriots, I think... Yeah, uh, you know, number one draft pick, maybe. What are they playing for? They're just playing to be a spoiler right now. Uh, Belichick has never lost twelve games in a season as a head coach, so that is some uh, uh, some motivation for him and his team. I think the Patriots are going to hold the Bills' offense below its average, especially in the red zone. Well, Buffalo is the NFL's number one rated red zone offense with 37 touchdowns. Um, but New England's red zone defense ranks seventh and opponents have scored um, 22 touchdowns in 45 trips. So I look for this to be a very low scoring game. And I think when it's all said and done, I do think that Buffalo is going to win, but also only by a field goal. I know this is the Lions a lot more than that. But I, I do think that the Patriots are going to hang tough in this game. And um, just at the end, they're going to fall a little bit short. You have the Falcons at the Bears. The Bears are 6-9. and nine. I believe they're going to have the first-round pick in the draft next year. The Falcons are 7-8. and eight. The Falcons just, they're having a terrible year at quarterback. Now, the Bears are looking for their fifth straight win at Soldier Field and what could be quarterback Justin Fields' final home game in Chicago, from what I'm hearing. Um, I think that right now the Bears have a 98% chance to earn the number one overall pick. Uh, and that's against Carolina as well. We're going to see what happens. So they definitely want a quarterback. That's going to be, and if that happens, and that means Fields is gone, how much will he play? Will they save him? Will they not try to get him hurt and rest him for the last game? Uh, anyway, both um, Falcons and the Bears, I believe, are going to have a hundred-yard rusher on Sunday. That's my prediction. Bijan Robinson will be that person. And for the Falcons, and I think that Fields is going to rush for a hundred yards. I think he's going to go out there and showcase what he does best, and that's using his legs to move the chains. So, um, overall, if you have to pick this game, again, both teams are under five hundred. I think that if you look at this game along the lines of defense, it should be a low-scoring game. I'm going to take the Falcons to win by yes another field goal, so Atlanta by three in this one. You got the Raiders at seven and eight playing at the Colts at eight and seven. Of uh, you know what's what's to know about this game? Well, the Raiders under coach Antonio Pierce have held four of their seven opponents under 100 yards rushing. Now, meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, the Colts have suddenly been inconsistent with their ground game being limited to fewer than 100 total rushing yards in three of their past four games. That was after surpassing the 100-yard mark in seven of the first 11 contests. So the Colts are hoping to have both of their top backs Return Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Hopefully they'll both be healthy for them. That's what they're hoping for. On the other side of the ball, you have Devontae Adams, the all-pro receiver. Uh, He's coming off a four-yard performance against the Chiefs. Uh, I'm looking for him to have more than four yards. I think he's going to have over 100 yards and probably a touchdown. So... Uh, Also special teams The Raiders have had Multiple defensive touchdowns In each of the past two weeks And it's going to be A special teams type of game I believe We're going to see What Gardner Minshew Is going to do Uh, And I'm going to take The Colts in this game By a touchdown I look for it to be uh, 27-20 The Colts in this game The Rams and the Giants Are another 1 o'clock game tomorrow the Rams are eight and seven. The Giants are five and ten. Now the Rams—they're in the playoff picture. They're currently the sixth seed in the NFC with a seventy-five percent chance of reaching the playoffs. So uh, they, they don't want to get—they don't want to get upset here by the Giants. I think that Nakua is going to have a good game for the Rams. Uh, He's had four games with at least 150 receiving yards this season. The Rams have scored 28 plus points in five straight games, and they're playing very well right now. I think that um, if the Rams win this game, I believe they punch their postseason ticket with the win and a Seattle loss or a win and a tie in the Packers Vikings game. Either way, a win is crucial for the Rams in this game and I think that they are going to win this game I don't think the Giants they're still going Tyrod Taylor I don't think they're going to be able to have enough firepower I'm taking the Rams by 14 points in this game you have the Cardinals at 3-12 and at Philly the Eagles are 11-4 Uh, What's to watch for in this game? Coach, Cardinals coach Jonathan Gannon makes his return to Philly. He was the former defensive coordinator, if you remember. Um, So he's going to go back there to South Philly and see what happens. I think both offenses are going to have big games. They're both going to score probably over 20, 25 points. And now the Cardinals are giving up 360 plus yards, 27 points a game. Eagles, same thing. They're giving up 350 yards a game and and 24 points per game. So I think that even if Philly goes out there and plays uh, half as good as they can, it will be good enough to go ahead and win this game. I'm going to take the Eagles by 10 over the uh, Cardinals in this one. Um, We already talked about the Bucs and the Saints. My prediction for that game, I'm going to say this. It's, that's going to be a little bit tougher for the Bucks than um, I would like it to be. I really think that the Bucks are on a roll, and I'm on that bandwagon where they're going to come out, play well, and wrap it up this year uh, for the division. However, the Saints, it is a division game. And, you know, like I said, Derek Carr is going to come out ready to play, and it's going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. Because when you have two divisional teams like this, usually it comes down to either a special teams play or um, penalties that really take away from one team scoring some points. And I think that if you look at this game, I think the Bucks are gonna be able to win, but it's gonna be a, be a nail biter. It's not gonna be like the last week. I predicted a blowout with that one. And I think that this one's gonna be a lot closer, but I am gonna say the Bucs win um, by a field goal at the end of the game. How about that for a prediction? Uh, what else do we have? We have the Panthers at the Jaguars. Uh, the Panthers are 2-13. and 13. Jacksonville, after coming off that loss last week down here, is eight and 8-7. Uh, only Sam Howell has been sacked more than Panthers rookie back, quarterback Bryce Young. Young's been sacked 53 times. Howell's been sacked 60 times. So I think that's... Uh, I think that Jacksonville is in a must-win situation, and I do look for them to come out and win this game. Uh, We have the 49ers playing as well. The 49ers are playing the Commanders, and I think that if you look at um, Christian McCaffrey and gang, the question is going to be, how is Brock Purdy going to react after... All those interceptions that he had in the last game. It's going to be interesting. I think that um, you can put anybody back there as quarterback with all the talent that the 49ers have. The line in this game is 12 and a half. And I look for the 49ers to just have their way and win this game probably by about uh, 14 to 17 points. The other game uh, that we have, you have the Dolphins at the Ravens. This is a game that is probably the highlight of the week. You have the Dolphins 11-4. They're trying to get the top seed in the AFC. And you have the Ravens, uh, of course, 12-3. If you saw what they did last weekend, if you were watching them against San Francisco, uh, you saw what they're capable of doing. The Dolphins have Jalen Waddell. I don't think he's going to play, though, so it's going to put a little bit more pressure on their run game. You have Raheem Mostert, Devon Acne. Uh, I look for them to be able to both go out there, split some time, and have some uh, probably 80-plus yards. Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to be the MVP of the league this year, and he, he can do it all. He's usually the best athlete on the field when he's playing whether he wants to take off and run or um, fling it downfield. He's got the receivers to do that. I think that Miami plays different on the road. And don't forget, if the Ravens win, they'll be sitting pretty because they'd clinch the number one seed and home field advantage of the AFC playoffs. And I think that um, they're going to go out there and... Baltimore, Because they're playing at home, I'm giving the nod to Baltimore in this one. And I think that they're going to win by a field goal. It's going to be a close game. But I do think that the defense of Baltimore is going to step up and uh, lead them to victory. Tennessee 5-10 and at the Texans 8-7. and um, I think Hopkins is going to have a good game. For the Titans, uh, you have C.J. Stroud is back. Uh, you know, not much to say on this game. Uh, I am going to take the Titans by a touchdown in this one. You have a Steelers eight and seven at the Seahawks eight and seven. This is a good game because they're at home. Seattle is a is a three point favorite. the The Seahawks run defense has faltered of late. But the pass defense has picked up the slack, and they've been much better. So um, I think the Steelers are going to have the first 100-yard rusher since week 11. Uh, The Seahawks give up a lot of yards on on rushing to other teams. Uh, They're the second worst in the NFL. So um, I think that Seattle, they have those two receivers, don't forget. Metcalf has five receiving touchdowns in the past four games. Um, And, of course, I have Lockett, the other receiver in the fantasy, so they've been going to Metcalf, which hasn't been making me happy. Nonetheless, getting back to the game, I do think that because the Seahawks defense has allowed the six most points in fantasy to running backs, I think that Seattle is going to win this game. I'm saying Seattle 26, Pittsburgh 21. You have the Chargers five and ten at the Broncos. Uh, a little controversy in this game. Broncos coach Sean Payton bench quarterback Russell Wilson this week. Um, after again, Peyton, this time publicly, expressed his frustration over the offense's performance in the loss to the Patriots last week. So Jared Stidham's going to get the start, and they're going to put um, they're going to put Wilson on the bench. So the Chargers, you know, they've been a little bit re-energized under interim coach Giff Smith, and I think that. Um, The Chargers nearly beat Buffalo. Um, That's a team that blew out the Cowboys a week before without Keaton Allen. So, although the defense for the Broncos, they've gotten 15 sacks in the last four games, I'm still thinking that in this game, you have to go with the Chargers, I'm picking the Chargers In an upset in this one um, 17-14 In a low scoring affair The Bengals at the Chiefs The Chiefs are 9-6 and six and sputtering The Bengals are 8-7 and seven. But when these two teams Get together, it always comes down To the end There are four games for the past two years Two of them in the uh, AFC Championship game And two of them in the regular season Have been decided By exactly three points. Doesn't get much closer than that. I think it's going to be another close game. Mahomes needs 329 passing yards to pass Len Dawson for most in Chiefs franchise history. Uh, I say he gets it. I say he goes over 330 yards. The Chiefs could lock up their 8th straight AFC West Crown. Again, 8th straight to consecutive AFC West ground. That's pretty good. He doesn't get uh, a lot of teams aren't be able to do that. Even if the Chiefs don't close the division, a win guarantees a playoff spot. Don't forget you have Kelsey in there. And even though he's been a little bit on Kelsey like the last uh, part of this season, you can't count him out when the chips are down. I'm taking the Chiefs by a field goal in this game. The night game tomorrow, the Packers at the Vikings, both teams are 7-8, and and they're still in the playoff hunt, believe it or not. It's pretty much a win-win game for both teams. There's more of a range for the Packers, who would have better than a 50-50 shot with a win, but with the loss, they're pretty much done. So um, the Vikings, same situation, they need to win. And you know, hopefully pick up a win next week I'm going to say that this game Is going to um, probably go to the team That has the ball last Whomever that might be Whether it be by a field goal or a touchdown Whoever has the ball last is going to win So the, um, got the Patriots and the Bills We talked about all those games that does, that's pretty much all the games. I would love to hear your comments on what you think needs to be done with the situation with all these quarterbacks that are either rookies or backup quarterbacks. It's one of these years where... You know, it's strange because usually you have the quarterbacks in past years that are leading the way, Mahomes and Brady in past years. But now, no, you have backup quarterbacks that are out there starting and, and leading their team. And, you know, Brock Purdy was in the conversation for player of the year, NFL Um, Most valuable player, all those things, until last week's game. The four interceptions isn't going to help his cause with that, obviously. I still say Lamar Jackson gets the MVP, although I really believe that it should be Christian McCaffrey as the running back. But he's the best all-around football player I believe but no usually goes to a quarterback so that's the breakdown for the NFL we'll be right back talk uh, some callers for a few minutes you are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1
0: Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797. 7096 or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power ninety point one.
1: Welcome back, college football fans. You know, the, we don't talk much about the bowl games because it's gone to the point where so many players miss out on the bowl games because they don't want to get injured, especially if they have a chance to get ready for the combine and everything to get to the next level. It's really lost its luster, especially for me, with um, the way some of these athletes are treating it. But there are some games today. You had the, the Peach Bowl, which all uh, Miss Ranked 11 in the country, playing number 10, Penn State. That's in Atlanta. That should be a good game. Um, most of Penn State's players are going to play, and I believe most of all misses players will play as well. I think it's going to be a very good game if you like some uh, good defense. Both teams have some pretty good defenses, and um, I do look for Penn State to win that game, but it should be a good game. Now, the one that a lot of people, a lot of interest around here, of course, you yeah, have Florida State is going to be playing number six Georgia in the Orange Bowl, and you know you hear a lot of of what's going on with Florida State. They're suing the um, the NCAA regarding what happened with being snubbed. Uh, The ACC, they're uh, trying to get out of the ACC conference. I say they go to the Big Ten, but we'll wait to see what happens. I don't think it'll be the SEC because of what uh, transpired with the bull picks. But when you look at Florida State, I hear a lot of Florida State fans still still um, very upset, and they definitely have a right to be, uh, again, the, the situation with Florida State being snubbed from the playoff picture after running the table and winning the uh, conference championship. They do have an argument, but are they one of the four best teams? No, you can argue uh, both sides of that coin, and um, for whatever it is, Florida State will be playing tonight in the in the Orange Bowl. And the situation with Florida State: eighty seven percent, I heard, of their players that scored the uh, points this year won't be playing. You have a, a quarterback, a backup quarterback. There is no backup to the backup. There is no scholarship backup quarterback. There is no scholarship backup running back for Florida State in this game. So many of the team are staying away in this game. And a lot of Florida State fans are, are okay with that. I, I don't like it, to be honest with you. I think that, you know, you you have a scholarship, you We played there all season, or for four seasons, or longer than that in some situations. uh, You go to a bowl game, it should be a reward for a good season, and you should still represent your team and go to the game and play. So for all you Florida State fans, um, I understand this situation, but I think the coaching staff needs to, to step up and needs to explain to their players that, listen, it's not just about football, because what happens when these players are in the workforce and maybe they get overlooked or passed up for a promotion in the jobs that they'll be working? You, you have to, What are you going to do? Just not show up for work the next day? You know, it, it's a... You know, it's a process. It's a learning. And these coaches need to get everyone ready for the next steps, not just on the football field between the lines. So maybe I'm old school, but I do think that Florida State football players should be going and participating in the game and representing their school. Um, Of course, we do have the big games on Monday. You have the first game is in the Rose Bowl. You're going to have number four, Alabama, against Michigan. Now, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a tough game to call. Um, it's, it's really hard to go against a Michigan. If they're running the ball well, uh, they can probably beat anybody in the country. It's very hard to go against Alabama. I'm going to say Alabama wins this game. Um, although it really could go either way. If Michigan wins, it would not surprise me. But there's something about Alabama right now. I think that they're trending in the right direction, and I like their chances. The second game, which will be at age 45, is going to be the Sugar Bowl. And, of course, we're going to have number three, Texas, going against number two, Washington. That's an interesting game. Another one that's very hard to pick. Um, I'm going to go with Texas in this game. Washington has played so many close games that I think their uh, Cinderella team's about ready to run out. So I'm going to go with Texas to win the second game and Alabama to win the first game. However, you never know in college and They're both going to be good games to watch. So, guys, that's all the time we have. I was a little bit long winded with the NFL. I apologize. We'll talk about the Bruins, not the Bruins, we'll talk about the Lightning next week. Uh, Good game tonight if you're able to go see the Lightning and the Rangers. Now, Probably the Rangers are definitely the best team in the East and quite possibly the best team in all of hockey. You get those two um, goalies going at it's Sukersen and, um, of course, Vasilevsky. It'll be a fun game to watch. Again, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in. The audience is growing each and every week. Keep the emails coming. We'll get some emails on the show next week. We weren't able to do it this time. Um, But we'd love to hear your comments on the box. It's going to be a great weekend for them, I think. Uh, Tough game. It's going to be a close game. But we're going to pull it out. Keep the faith. Keep going. Enjoy your New Year's. Please be safe if you're traveling. Be safe, be vigilant, and above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next weekend in the gymnasium. Have a great weekend.